Blog Talk Radio. edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. It's our favorite time of the year. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. We have got a tremendous show lined up today because as nominated by you, the racing fans, it's our nominees for the 2016 Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards. The awards show will take place in three weeks' time on December 8th. And today, or tonight, in just a few minutes, we're going to start reading off the nominees for all six of our awards. And uh, listen, we certainly appreciate everybody taking their time out. Mike, we had some fantastic nominations for all the great categories, and we're going to name them off here in just a few minutes. Mike, how are you tonight? <laughs> listen, we're doing great. And uh, what, would, what would this award show be without a, uh, without a little bit of a technical glitch? Uh, we found out late. Uh, that, that the uh, that the voting website that we are going or we're going to use uh, was not going to work, so uh, we're resetting it up and it'll be ready to go by the end of the show. But we're doing, you know, listen, we're we're on the right path, man. That's right. We're going to give everybody the information on how to vote, where to vote, all the particulars, but you have to listen into the next hour, hour and a half or so to uh, find out what the nominations are going to be. We're going to send it right up to ustrotting.com and all the uh, harness racing news sites right after this show here. But uh, obviously, you got to hear it here first. That's how you can hear it. You can listen to us right here at both time with Mike and Mike.com or on demand if you miss it at Bet America. A special thanks to each and every one of you that have taken their time out to nominate one of these fantastic either horses, horsewomen, horsemen uh, for uh, certainly awards that uh, are very, very deserving. We had tons, Mike. We had tons. It took us a long time to go through our email and uh, get all the nominations, but uh, we've got them, and I'm going to tell you, there are some very deserving horsemen on there, and we are not 
going to miss a beat. We're going to take a very quick time. Well, I guess before we get, take a time out, let's tell you about the guests we have today sprinkled in. We've got the Hall of Famer, Dave Miller. He won 12,000. He got his 12,000th driving win at Harris, Philadelphia the other day. We're going to talk to him about that accomplishment, plus always be Mickey. Plus, he's got some action coming up, some live drives at Woodbine on Saturday. They've got a good stinks card, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, Mike Carter, the big question that everybody wants to know, who is Mike Klug? Well, obviously the cat's got your tongue, so we're going to find out in just a few minutes who super fan Mike Klug is. And I'll give you a little bit of a hint. It has everything to do with the big race coming up at Rosecroft on Tuesday. More on that a little bit later on. Plus, we're going to hear from Gabe Pruitt. It's our ongoing series at uh, Pompano Park. Gabe's going to talk to us a little bit about the happenings uh, down in the uh, winter capital of harness racing. But we come back. We're going to announce the nominees for the 2016 Foiled Again Iron Horse of the Year Award. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter and uh, Dave Miller, is coming up in just a few minutes. We're going to talk to him about his 12,000th driving win, only one of five drives in the sport of harness racing in North America that has accomplished that task. But, Mike, are you ready? Well, maybe not. But anyway, here we go. It's the 2016 nominees for the Foiled Again Iron Horse of the Year Award. And I have to tell you, Foiled Again is uh, the horse that this uh, award is named after. Foiled Again, obviously, the great 12-year-old war horse, Harness Racing's richest pacer. And, uh, hey, who else uh, more apt to be named the Iron Horse uh, for this award to be named after? So here we go. It's the Foiled Again Iron Horse of the year nominations for 2016. The first is Nadia B. Fella, and this horse has been racing on the New York and New Jersey circuit for most of her 14-year-old life. She has a mark of 158, which she set at freehold during the 2016 season and has 22 wins in 381 career starts. While she doesn't win a ton of races, she loves to hit the ball in doing so 34% of the time. She was bred in Somerville, New Jersey by Gary Eiling, is owned by Colleen Posner, and is trained by Mike Posner, Nadia B. Fella. The second nominee of five is Walton Shaw. 
He's been racing on the Delaware and Maryland circuit through most of his 14-year-old life. He set a market age 10 of 153 and won at Harrington Raceway and has 44 wins and 292 starts. Towards the beginning of his career, he had some success in Australia before coming to the United States. He currently has just over $300,000 in career earnings. He was bred in New Zealand by B.J. Shaw and G.L. Shaw, is owned by Kevin Fitzgerald and Leonard Jones III, and is trained by Jay Shores. Mike, tell us about our third nominee. Listen, I know this horse very, very well. It pays to have spent his 14-year, I say 14-year career. It's not a 14-year career. Obviously, I've got to change that in our uh, press release, but he's been racing from Ohio to Yonkers and back, but for the better part of 2015 and 16, he has been spent racing here at Northfield Park at Ohio. He set his career mark at age 14 at Northfield Park with a time of 157-1, and and during the beginning of his career, he raced on the Ohio Sire Stakes and Ohio Fair Conference, where he had some success. Haste has made just under $650,000, winning 52 times in 388 starts. He is bred in Ohio by Success Acres, owned by Gary Martin and trained by Sue Stockwell. The fourth nominee in the 2016 Foiled Again Iron Horse of the Year is Winfield Scamp, a 14-year-old stud racing on the Maryland circuit. Early in his career, he raced in Canada as a horse, staked to the Ontario Sire Stakes, where he had a little bit of success. Winfield Scamp has made just over $337,000 in his career, winning 44 times in 277 starts, and set a mark of 151-1 at Colonial Downs as a four-year-old. He was bred in Ontario by Carrie Howard and is owned and trained by Pamela Polk. Mike? All right. And Armbro Casino. Mike, I had the luxury of seeing this horse a couple of times at uh, Buffalo Raceway. He's a 14-year-old gelding who was a $25,000 purchase at the Kentucky Standard Bread Sale in, 20, excuse me, in 2003. He has raced all over the East Coast and started his career in the Kentucky Sire State. Armbro Casino has a mark of 153 and three set during his 12-year-old season at Harris, Philadelphia and has just over $600,000 made in his career. He was bred by Armstrong Brothers, owned by Tony Grupo of Hamburg, and Ushua President Tim Bajarski, and trained by Priscilla Mooney. There are the five nominees for the 2016 Foiled Again Iron Horse of the Year Award. Nadia B. Fella, Walton Shaw, A. Haste, Winfield Scamp, and Armbro Casino. And once again, as soon as this show's over, you'll be able to vote. Uh, once again, you'll have to log on to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, for all the information. But uh, also, keep us, keep us in mind, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter uh, for more information as uh, we get closer to December 8th. But those are five worthy nominees. Mike Carter, no question about it. Yeah, definitely. They've all had some spectacular things happen in their careers, and uh, we're very excited to see uh, who wins this award. That's for sure. All right. Right now we're joined, uh, speaking of uh, a Hall of Famer, speaking of uh, a guy that is uh, continues to etch his name in the history books of harness racing as time goes on, the one, the only, Dave Miller. Dave, welcome to the program, sir. Yeah, thanks, Mike. How you doing? Not too bad, not too shabby. Well, 12,000 career wins now in the books uh, for you, my friend. Uh, the fifth uh, harness driver in North America to accomplish that task. First of all, how does it feel? Second of all, were you counting them down? Yeah, you know what? It, it, it's a great feeling. It's a great accomplishment to uh, to do something like that. I, uh, uh, You know, when you start out, you, uh, you, know, you just hope to do the best and uh, – you know what? It's been a great, great career for me, and 
Yeah, the last few. I, I knew going in the last few. Uh, during the week before, I actually had a real good week with splitting. But I knew the last couple would be tough to get. They always have been. Okay, Mike, go ahead. Now, Dave, you've driven some great horses throughout your career. Is there one win out of the uh, 12,000 that kind of sticks out in your brain? Well, I, I've always said that uh, <clears throat> the first time I won the uh, the jug, the little brown jug uh, with no pain intended, that was that was probably uh, my biggest thrill, um, you know, as far as winning the race. That's something I had watched growing up as a kid and just wanted to drive in the race, let alone win it. And then uh, to, to get to win it was probably my biggest thrill. You know, Dave, that's, uh, I guess, a question that you're probably going to get a lot because 12,000 winners, I mean, you've driven some great horses, obviously. But uh, the day that you had in the Breeders' Crown last year, I believe you had, uh, was it four or five? I think it was five driving wins, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I had five wins that night. It was it was, uh, it was a pretty incredible night. You know, a couple of them, I, I had three of them I thought that could win, and the other two were, uh, um, you know, horses just raced big, you know, trips worked out, and uh just had things going my way. Yeah, that, I mean, coupled with the success this year, with uh, obviously always be Mickey comes to mind, the betting line, the fantastic three-year-old comes to mind. Um, you know, where would you, if you look back at some of the great horses that you've driven, where would you rate, first of all, betting line amongst the three-year-olds, some of the great three-year-olds that you've driven, and always be Mickey with amongst some of the all-time greats that you've driven as Saints? Yeah, you know, I I would have to call Betty and I my best three year old pacing colt I ever drove. He, uh, you know, as far as his uh, his record and uh, his earnings uh, is probably by far the best. But uh, uh, my personal opinion, he he was the best one I ever drove. He, you know, he he was pretty tough, you know, and uh, he he did some things that I would never been able to do before, like win the North American Cup and. Uh, well, he actually won the jug, which I had done. But you know, I I, I really enjoyed the horse. He, he was a good good. Well, great little horse. I mean, he he tried uh, he tried very hard, and uh, it's just an incredible uh, horse to be around. What do you see going forward for Dave Miller? Obviously, you have a, have a lot of a lot of drives left in your career. Um, but uh, when you, when you get towards the end, when you get up there a little bit, do you think maybe you're going to switch to training or do a little bit more training, do a little bit more owning? Where, where do you see Dave Miller in the in the distant distant future? Well, I like uh, as far as right now, I I don't plan on slowing down. You know, I'm still still pretty healthy, and uh, well, I'm still healthy, and, uh, and I I still enjoy doing what I do. I know the schedule gets to be hectic at times, but uh, you know, I I like doing it, and uh, I'm still getting some really good horses to drive. So uh, I'm gonna plan on driving as long as I can. But yeah, in the future, I I already own horses. Um, uh, a few of them that I I train, <clears throat> I usually train till about May, then give them to trainers. And uh, I own about eight horses right now that are racing, um, some in Ohio, uh, a couple of them out here. And, uh, you know, I, I plan on doing it as long as I can, you know, as long as uh, I'm healthy and uh, and capable, I'm going to keep doing it. I, I really do love what I do. Mike, go ahead. Now, Dave, now Dave uh, I got to ask, because we at Northfield, you know, they put the pictures up of the winning owner and trainer. And, so I got to ask. When we see David Miller in the program, is it you that we're talking about? <laughs> you mean uh, the picture or the or the name now? No, 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 no. It, it, just the name in the program. Oh, you know it's what? Like, uh, we, you... we always argue back and forth because if you know – because I, I, I know you 
we always argue, you know, oh, you know, is that the Dave Miller? And nobody could ever figure it out. So, uh, yeah, you know, open light, you know what? Speak. <laughs> you know, um, uh, the, the horses I have in Ohio, my uh, daughter, Devin Miller, she trains for me. So if Devin's yes. not training them, um, there is, there is, I believe there's two, maybe even three David Millers um, there in Ohio already. I mean, uh, uh, I really don't know him personally, but I, I knew I <laughs> run into that problem when I was there. You know, people, I would get bills in the mail from David Millers, and, but they wouldn't be from, from me, so... <laughs> But, uh, of course, yeah, the, bills, few, of course the bills go to you. Know, no checks ever come to you, right. but the bills do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Amish there named Miller, you know, and a lot of them are – there's a couple, three David Millers out there. Dave, real quick so. before we let you go, uh, let's let's take a look at uh, some of the horses. You, you've got some uh, horses that you'll be driving coming up. It's a big stinks card at Woodbine on uh, Saturday, um, and uh, you've got the Governor's Cup, obviously, uh, along with some other horses. But uh, I'm going to just ask you uh, quickly about a couple of these, and, and this horse here, that's the ticket who is uh, in the three diamonds final going for 427,000 for uh, the two-year-old Philly Pacers. You're driving a horse. I'm going to assume for Chris Ryder, this is the very first time that's the ticket. Is there anything you can tell us about her? Uh, yeah. You know what? I, uh, I actually raced her in Kentucky there at Lexington. Uh, uh, the second week she was second in the, uh, international, international stallions stake. And, uh, my, my opinion is she's really a sleeper. Um, she raced very well last week in the elimination, and uh, Dietrich uh, had a big decision to go with or make, and he went with the other filly of uh, Scott McInerney, and uh, which is a nice horse. Um, she raced the PA Sires and uh, was competitive against uh, Agent Q and uh, Idyllic Beach. I mean, a real nice horse herself. But I really do feel that uh, this filly that I'm driving is a, is a bit of a sleeper, and she's got a big shot. The two-year-old trot, the Valley Victory, is the seventh race on the program, going for $400,000, a horse that you certainly know uh, a lot about. What the hill for a trainer, Ron Burke, a good second-place finish last time in the eliminations. Uh, boy, don't get a very favorable poster out there from post nine. What can you tell us about the uh, Muscle Hill Colt? Well, he, he went really good in his elimination. He uh, uh, he kind of fell out of form there um, about a month or so ago, and uh, – um, he he seems to be coming back around. He he was a, a good fourth in the Breeders' Crown. He he just lacked a little room. He got locked in, and uh, last week uh, he he got over the track real good, and it was a good second. Um, like I said, the draw didn't work out for him. But uh, you know what? Uh, strange things happen in those races. It's a long stretch, and hopefully, uh, you know, we can get some of it. Dave, you've got uh, one more uh, thanks race to talk about. Of course, the Governor's Cup, the two-year-old Pacers, uh, the uh, boys, $520,000, and it's going to be a rivalry renewed. Uh, Huntsville has just been on fire. Down by the seasides, been uh, very good, been racing right there with them. Obviously, those are the two uh, big morning line favorites, and you draw mucks to each other. Huntsville draws post two, and down by the seaside draws post three. Give me your thoughts on uh, the two-year-old Sun Beach somewhere, Colt. You know, I really like the horse. He, uh, he, uh, he, he's been good all year. Um, he raced very well in the uh, Breeders' Crown. Uh, Huntsville seems to be a little stronger right now, but uh, I talked to uh, the trainer, Brian Brown. Uh, he's had uh, down by the seaside tag a good, good couple of weeks. They made some equipment changes on his bridle, um, which I think is going to help him. Uh, um, so, you know, he's still definitely the horse i got to beat Huntsville, you know, and hopefully I can trip out behind him and uh, – give him a run at the end. I, I think my horse is good enough to win the race. You know, if, if things go good and he's at his best, I, I think he could reach 
Well, Dave, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, always great with your time with us here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. And uh, listen, we're looking forward to 12,000 more, my friend. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. See you guys. All right, that was the uh, Hall of Famer, Dave Miller, one of the great ones, and uh, he just uh, got his 12,000th win in the very last race on, uh, what was it, Sunday afternoon at uh, Harris, Philadelphia. As a matter of fact, there were a couple of milestones. Corey Callahan was able to get his 5,000th career win uh, driving the great Melmera at Dover uh, in that uh, big race that they had there. So uh, congratulations to uh, Corey and an old Michigan friend of mine, Vinny Copeland, who moved out to the Delaware area, gosh, probably about uh, eight or nine years ago now, was able to get his 5,000th driving win as well. So uh, certainly a lot of milestones falling at the wayside this past week. So congratulations to uh, Dave, Corey, and Vince. We have got plenty more left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Up next, we're going to name the nominees of the 2016 Ted Barkus Race Fan of the Year. Don't go anywhere. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standardbreds the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. All right, we're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And right now, it's time to name the nominees of the 2016 Ted Barkas Race Fan of the Year. And for those of you who are wondering who Ted Barkas is, Ted was a longtime racing fan, was always in attendance at the Little Brow Jug, made lots of friends, was friends with lots of the horsemen, was one of the biggest racing fans you're ever going to meet down from Ohio. So the uh, second annual Race Fan of the Year, named after Ted Marcus, who was a finalist, a nominee in last year's Race Fan of the Year, but unfortunately passed away before the winner was announced. So here we go, and we have got Mike Carter. We have eight nominees. That's right, eight nominees. And then right after that, we're going to uh, get to uh, another racing super fan, uh, Mike Klug. So, Mike, if you can hear us, stand by. We're going to get to you in just a second because we're going to talk about this big race coming up at Rosecroft and uh, some of your 
experiences as a race fan. But here we go. The eight nominees for the Ted Marcus Race Fan of the Year. Number one, Brandon Valvo, who helps to run and write for Harness Racing America. Brandon is very active on social media and is very apt on his international racing skills. When Bald Eagle attempted his triple crown in France in 2015, he helped to lead post-time with Mike and Mike on knowing the horses, how to pronounce names, and helped the duo understand the differences in racing in France versus the United States. He writes for the Saratoga Special during the Saratoga Thoroughbred Meets. Mike? Raymond Lance is a freelance photographer here from Ohio, and he's also a groom. He's got a big social media presence, specifically on Twitter, where he helps congratulate some of the stake Twitters by sharing some of the photos he has taken of them. He most recently attended the Little Brown Jug, where he shot some photos for website Harness Link. All right. Louis Sorella is the next nominee. Louis is a Canadian harness racing fan who follows the Western Mare feed in London, Ontario. His selections and insight can be found on Twitter, but his selections are also used on the Western Fair feed. He is more commonly known by the folks at Western Fair as hashtag Lou Knows. So uh, keep an eye on that in your uh, Twitter feeds. Louis promotes the sport of harness racing and tries to help new fans grasp the gambling aspect of the game. Mike? Sydney Weaver is our next one, and uh, we all know, pretty much know who Sydney is. She's from Canada and is the owner of Sydney Sealster, who raced in Canada. She currently writes for Harness Link with her On the Rail series, chronicling her travels and experiences to different racetracks and harness racing events. Her horse, Sydney Sealster, is currently in full to rock and roll heaven. Sydney helps to market the sport by showing up at racetracks with her family, cheering horses and horse people on, and helping to create a positive attitude towards the sport on social media. Next of our nominees is Russ Adams. Russ runs a harness racing handicapping group on Facebook and helps to promote the Western Fair and Rosecroft products specifically. He has his selections highlighted on the Western Fair feed and promotes racing by highlighting big events on his Facebook group and visiting different racetracks to participate in handicapping contests. And I can tell you from first-hand knowledge, Mike, the guy puts a lot of miles on his car and driving from racetracks to racetracks. Russ Adams. Next, Mike. Next is uh, Steve Ross, who I know personally is the track photographer of Buffalo Raceway in Hamburg, New York. Ross started as the photographer full-time in 2014 and has a big social media following in western New York where he shares some of his professional work. Ross also attends the races in the offseason at Batavia Downs Gaming in New York and has learned a lot about the sport of harness racing. Next is Chris Van Hatter and has a big Twitter following and helps to promote the sport of harness racing by posting videos of a majority of the stakes races around the world on YouTube. Chris is from New Zealand and has worked with Post Time with Mike and Mike before by helping, by helping to post a video of the American race call uh, provided for Bald Eagle's triple crown attempt in France. I think I might have known where I was that day. Mike Chris Van Hatter is uh, a nominee and we have one final nominee, Mike Carter, do the honest. Tom Dubrick has an extensive Facebook following and is a two-time post-time award nominee. Tom brings a positive presence to the industry through his numerous Facebook posts regarding the racing action at Hoosier Park. Mike, those are the eight, uh, full field of eight for race fan of the year. Uh, Brandon Valvo, Raymond Lance, Louis Sorella, Sidney Weaver, Russ Adams, Steve Ross, Chris Van Hattern, and Tom Dubrick all being nominated for the 2016 Ted Barkas Race Fan of the Year. 
That's right, a full field of eight. And don't worry, Tom, you won't have to start from the second tier. They start eight across. Actually, that might be worse starting eight across than getting the second tier. But, Mike, I guess that was a pretty good segue because right now we're going to find out who uh, Mike Klug is. Mike is uh, what I like to call a harness racing super fan, one of the people in this business, one of the most important assets of this business that uh, make this game go around. And right now we're joined by Mike, who uh, so graciously stepped away from the uh, Maryland College basketball game. Mike, can you Give us an update from the game. <laughs> Good afternoon, guys. Good evening, guys. I, uh, I'm checking out from the Maryland game. They're playing Division Three St. Mary's tonight. So uh, it's, we, we could say it's not a close game yet right, right now. Right now. We always, Mike, I'll tell you what, we have horsemen on, we have horsewomen on, we have people from a lot of different uh, parts of harness racing, but obviously when we have the opportunity to get a race fan on the program, it's uh, just an awesome experience because it is my feeling and my belief that it's the race fan that makes this game tick and go around. So tell us, for those of us who don't know, who is Mike Clue? Give us, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> Well, Mike Clue's the guy who grew up at the track. Uh, I grew up with my dad going to Ocean Downs. I think we probably started there um, when I was two or three years old going to the track with grandparents and the rest of the family. Um, back in the old Ocean Downs grandstands where the lights came on and the, and the, and the crowd was yelling and screaming, four or 5,000, 6,000 people a night there. And uh, it was just a, a great atmosphere to grow up in, um, kind of kind – of, like the old days, I guess, that I didn't, didn't have the opportunity to experience. Um, Ocean Downs really provided that being uh, right next to uh, the beach resort of Ocean City, Maryland. Um, always had big crowds, filled the grandstands. Um, you know, most of them were $2 show betters, but it didn't matter. It was uh, just a great environment there. And, um, you know, in the, uh, in the, in the wintertime and the fall time, I grew up in the Annapolis area um, and uh, spent a lot of Friday and Saturday nights watching the uh, the uh, races over at uh, Rosecroft down by D.C. So um, a lot of nights at the track, and um, I'm, I'm still following it closely, uh, close to 30 years later. Yeah, and you obviously had a chance to see Ocean Downs, and Ocean Downs uh, made a, big, a pretty big transition when they kind of went over to Casino Gaming. And as a matter of fact, the building there, they used – uh, from the old grandstand, the frame is still there, and they just kind of filled in the pieces to to make the building and the clubhouse and the casino that you see today. But obviously, there were a lot of great memories from that old grandstand at Ocean. What could you tell us about that old place? Well, like I said, it was uh, it was it was old racing. It was old time racing. It was um, you know there wasn't the casino there. There was the you know the the, the old grandstands there. You could bet outside. There was a nice summertime environment. Um, you know, you'd get really excited when it was steak season and you, you could, you know, for me personally, I'm, I've always been a, a record guy. I've always liked the fast, uh, the speed, um, you know, and you, you'd have the sire steaks come down and every, every few years they'd have the, they'd run the Chesapeake series and get a few. I still remember, uh, when I was probably 12 years old, having the, having the thrill of the summer, seeing George Brennan come down to Ocean Downs and rock, race, uh, Rockapella, um, back in, uh, I think it was, a $25,000 open or something like that. And, uh, he, he, he's at the eight hole and kind of got parked a mile and, and cruised on by and went, uh, wasn't a spectacular mile 53, something like that, but it was, it was a pretty big thrill, uh, seeing George Brennan and, you know, some of the superstars of one of the superstars of harness racing come down to uh, little old ocean downs. That was pr- pretty, pretty big thrill. Mike, I, um, 
I told you, we just had our race fan of the year uh, nominees, and we talked about uh, some of the people that, uh, from a race fan point of view, um, contribute to this business uh, in one form or another. And like I say, it's always great to to talk about to talk to race fans because they give you the perspective of what they want to see in racing. And obviously, this is uh, we have to please the fan base, or else we're not going to be here too much longer. From a racing fan's perspective, Mike, and uh, I'll ask you, what do you think harness racing needs to do better to appeal to more fans? Well, I think there. I think it's begun. I mean, I, I think a lot of what you see right now um, to try to drag in the the younger generation. Um, I, I was very impressed with uh, the following and and what the Teague Stable did with uh, Wiggle Jiggle this year. He got quite a following on Facebook. There seemed to be a a, a lot of excitement every time he got onto the track, and um, I, I thought I thought that was a lot uh, that that went a long way uh, via social media, uh, getting the word out there. You know, there's a lot of competition these days. It's not like it used to be. Um, so there, there's 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 different ways of going about it. But I, I would I, that, I think that's a very big step in the in the in the right direction. Um, and and needless to say, I'm I'm really thrilled to see what Rosecroft's doing and and getting back into the spotlight a little bit, even if it's just for one night with this uh, Potomac series. Uh, it's been a lot of years since Rosecroft has had had a featured race that um, that highlighted some of the best trainers, drivers, and horses. Um, at, at the five eight level down here at NDC, so um, you know it's something that I think Maryland Racing's missed in a long time to kind of transition to the Maryland side of things um, to have that featured spotlight race. Um, you know that that other tracks may somewhat take for granted. I mean, you know, you know personally up in Philadelphia, I mean, you get the best drivers, the best trainers, and some of the best horses week after week. So to have it come to a, a track where that means so much to you and, and uh, it's it's a very exciting thing uh, for for the Maryland racing community. Now, Mike, you talked about um, seeing some of the big horses at Ocean Downs, and coming up next week, you get to see some of the biggest names in racing at Rosecroft Raceway. I've been to Rosecroft a bunch of times, and I've talked to my man Pete mm-hmm. Medhurst. He is super super excited to call this race. What what's it going to be like um, on Tuesday? Do you think at Rosecroft to see some of those big name horses? Uh, all, all vying for a big, big crown. Well, I'll tell you, it's it's funny. It makes me think back. Actually, this this whole racing season has really made me think back to 1996. Um, 1996, you had that great, great class, my favorite class of open pacers. You know, Jenna's Beach Boy, uh, Riyadh, Ball and Chain, Misfit, Village Connection, etc. Um, in 1996, that year, when uh, it, I think it was just after uh, Jenna had broken the world record in 47 and three with that just amazing duel down the lane with uh, Riyadh at the Meadowlands. Um, Rosecroft at that time, their, their feature race was the Smullen Memorial, which was for two-year-olds. And I believe Falcons icon won that year. I could be a year or so off there, but um, that year, that, that's that night, uh, Rosecroft, their big race that, um, that time was a $8,400 open. Um, and, and out of nowhere, Jenna's Beach Boy's name pops up in the, uh, <laughs> in the entry column racing for $8,400 at, at Rosecroft. And I was, uh, I was 11 years old, and uh, I remember being in my room and playing with some trading cards uh, as a kid and my dad coming in and saying, you won't believe who's in at Rosecroft this week. <laughs> and uh, Jenna's Beach Boy was there, and, and I remember seeing ads in the Washington Post for it, um, and just uh, the biggest crowd I've ever seen at Rosecroft. The environment was was lively. It was, 
it was uh, just just a throw. I mean, it, the eighty four hundred dollars far outshined the uh, you know the hundred and whatever it was thousand dollars small one uh, that night. It was just a really really good, really special night. And and as I said, I'm a speed guy, so to watch the world record go down at your home track at Rosecroft in uh, forty nine and two when Jenna did that was uh was really uh, just a big thrill for me and now even i even quickly as an 11 year old snuck into the winner's circle i had to, i had just had to get into that picture and uh and it was just a great thrill yeah that's a big thrill when you're uh, a young kid like that and could get into the winner's circle uh, no question about it yeah. mike you, you, you snuck into the winner's circle a couple of times mike carter haven't you yeah you know, listen don't don't be giving all my uh don't be giving all my trade secrets away <laughs> Well, well, where and where I was going with this was basically that that field really reminds me of of this year's field. You had the kind of two standout stars with Jenna and Riyadh, kind of like a uh, always be uh, uh, always be Mickey and Wiglet Jiglet, and the, you know the the freaky feet Pete's like a kind of a ball and chain and Shambhala, you know, similar to Misfit that could pull an upset here and there as as Shambhala did in the in the pacing championship a few weeks back. So. Um, it's just been a, it's been as good of a year as I can remember for the open pacers. And it's, it's real treat. I mean, it's a shame that Wiggle Jiggled or always be Mickey couldn't make it this week, but, um, I do like the field and I think there's going to be, uh, some good action, um, on the front end. And, uh, you know, hopefully we see a 48 mile down at Rosecroft, uh, Tuesday night. All right, Mike. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. And uh, I know you'll be in attendance on the, uh, and Tuesday at Rosecroft and, uh, maybe we'll see you down there. I'll sneak in the winter circle and wave hi to you guys. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Thank you. All right. That was uh, Mike Klug, uh, super. I call, like to call him a super fan. I like to call our guys super fans because, uh, you know what, listen, we need all the fans we can get in the, and to hear somebody like that that follows the races, uh, especially on a circuit like that, is uh, just a fantastic thing to me. Well, Mike, we have uh, – I'll tell you what, we – we don't want to jump too far behind because we want to make sure we get these nominations out. So before we go to commercial, we've got Gabe Pruitt coming up. We've got Around the Horn coming up. And we're going to have a special guest for Around the Horn, by the way, but we'll keep everybody in suspense. But uh, we've got uh, our Horsewoman of the Year coming up. So, Mike, you, you, want to, uh, you want to do those nominations before we get the break? Yeah, why not? Let's get, it, let's get her done. You surprised me with it. So, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 I surprised yeah. myself with listen, it, too. So let, 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 me, let, listen, let me get our nominations real quick. Real, real quick, Mike. For those of you who don't, are we doing? Are we, we're doing which one next? We're gonna do Horsewoman of the Year. <laughs> oh man, you're killing me. That is that is but, that uh, is listen, next on the that is next on the show log. Well, yeah, yeah. Listen, like I'm looking at the show log tonight. <laughs> right. So for those of you who don't know, I'm I'm going back and forth between between computers and you know. So so we're we're yes. working super duper hard. But yes, let's get the Horsewoman out of the way. Go ahead. All right, let's. Uh, we've got five nominees for our 2016 Horsewoman of the Year, and here they are. And last year's winner, uh, Hannah Miller, is a one of four two-time post-time with Mike and Mike nominees. She has participated in a bunch of amateur events in 2016 and has won 30 starts in just over 100 drives this year. So Hannah Miller is nominee number one, Mike. Nominee number two is Casey Coleman, who won the 2016 Little Brown Jug with Betting Line, who had a career season in 2016, which ended after a spider bite just before the Breeders' Crown at the Meadowlands Racetrack. Casey races a majority of her starts in Canada, and in 2016, she has won 54 times in 194 starts. 
Number three is Devin Miller. That's right. We just uh, talked to her dad, Dave Miller, not too long ago. Devin Miller is an Ohio-based trainer and the daughter of the Hall of Famer, Dave Miller, who was just a guest on our show tonight. Devin has trained horses around the country throughout her career. In 2016, she has won 29 races in 224 starts, Mike. The next one is Emily Gaskin, who is the media analyst and representative at Hoosier Park in Anderson, Indiana. Emily owns her share of horses and helps to actively promote the sport of harness racing on Twitter and Facebook. She has worked very hard to help promote the Hoosier Park brand and also helps the interns that work at the track to become professionals. Emily is a two-time post-time award nominee. And last but not least, nominee number five is trainer Linda Toscano. She has had another spectacular training season, including training one of the fastest two-year-old trotters in history with Walner. Linda has raced all over in 2016, including sporting her champion horse market share at venues such as Harold's Philadelphia, the Meadowlands, and Mohawk Racetrack. In 2016, Linda has just under 700 training starts and has won 132 races. So those are the nominees, Mike, for horse Woman of the Year, Hannah Miller, Casey Coleman, Devin Miller, Emily Gaskin, and trainer Linda Toscano. You'll be able to vote right after the show's over. You'll have to log on to our website, Post Time with Mike and Mike, for more information. Plus, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter for information on how to vote. We still have lots of categories to announce nominees for. Plus, Gabe Pruitt is on deck. He's going to tell us a little bit about the happenings at Pompano Park and our ongoing series with Pompano Park. And we've got Around the Horn. Lots left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The sensational Sweet Lou is standing stud at Diamond Creek Farms for a stud fee of only $7,500. As a two-year-old, Sweet Lou's scent and still holds the world record for two-year-old paces on a mile track with that sensational mark of 149. Sweet Lou currently holds the world record for aged and all-age paces on a 5-8 mile track at 147. The Great White Blaze earned his nickname in the summer of 2014 when he won 10 consecutive races with 6 consecutive wins in sub-148. He is the only pacer in harness racing history to achieve this feat. One of Sweet Lou's most thrilling victories includes a second over in the William Houghton Memorial in 147-1 in July of 2014. The first two books sold quickly for Sweet Lou is in his third year. Don't get shut out. Visit Diamond Creek Farm. The Dan Patch and O'Brien two-year-old Colt Trotter of the Year, Southwind Frank, is standing at Diamond Creek Farm for the low stud fee of only $10,000. Southwind Frank won the 2015 Breeders' Crown for two-year-old Colt Trotters. Also, many memorable wins on Southwind Frank's resume, including the Old Beal, Peter Houghton Memorial, William Wellwood Memorial, and the Colonial Trod. Southwind Frank set stakes records during his wins in the International Sire Stakes and New Jersey Sire Stakes. And Southwind Frank finished in the top three in 24 out of 26 races during his career. For more information, visit DiamondCreekFarm.com. Standing at Hickory Lane Farm in Ohio in 2017 will be all bets off. The $2 million plus winning son of Better's Delight finished a hard closing third to always be Mickey in 146-2, pacing the fourth fastest mile in harness racing history in Mickey's world record performance. Don't get shut out. It is anticipated based upon the early demand that the syndication will sell out by December 1st. For more information, visit hickorylanefarm.com.
welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And uh, listen, we we had to bring Gabe Pruitt in with some of our best country music. That's all I had to say. we got Gabe Pruitt on now from Papano Park. Listen, Gabe, real quick before we get started, it always seems like we have something funny to talk about right before you come on. I don't know what it is about you, man, but we're, we, uh, we're, we're able to uh, always laugh about something before you come on. How's it going, my friend? I'm doing well, guys. Uh, another great week of racing in South Florida, and uh, we're really starting to heat up in the uh, peak season, so things are going well. Now, Gabe, uh, obviously, you know, we we talked last week about some of the uh, some of the you know great racehorses that have been racing there, including Prairie Sweetheart. Are we looking to see Prairie Sweetheart again anytime soon? Yes, yeah, she's actually going to be uh, in action on the Florida Night of uh, Champions, uh, Super Night. It comes up a week from this Sunday, so that's uh, November the 27th, and all of our uh, Florida Bread Finals will be on that uh, night, and uh, Prairie Sweetheart, so we're, of course, going to make uh, room for her on the uh, regular card. We'll have to race a couple of those races off the card, but uh, we're going to uh, make room for her. It should be uh, her second start. I'm sure her final start with us, but uh should be about a $60,000 event, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing her once more. That's awesome. Well, Gabe, let's talk a little bit about what happened on um, – we're going to start with Tuesday night, and we're going to go to the Philly Amare Open one. It's Safe from Terror, who uh, provided a, a pretty honest race, uh, went right to the lead and never really looked back. But Gold Star Rocket really put in a big effort, um, was only a half a length behind and only missed by a length and three quarters in 52-3. and three. It was a, seems like a, a decent mile over a, a good track. You know, Gold Star Rocket continues to be a, a bridesmaid. She's been finishing very close to uh, Godiva Silster, who was undefeated uh, since returning back to uh, South Florida. But she sat out this week, but it was still a week of odds-on favorites uh, in the open ranks, including the mare you just mentioned, Safe from Terror. She's just a uh, four-year-old mare, but uh, classy mare. She's made uh, 146000 and change uh, here in her four-year-old season, $630,000 uh, in her career. So she went off uh, three to five and uh, got the job done. Uh, we'll actually see the uh, draw on Saturday because uh, now adding a uh, Wednesday night racing, the Philly Mare Open uh, will move to Wednesday night, uh, and we could see a heavyweight uh, about this time between uh, Safe from Terror. She uh, looks to repeat, and then uh, Godiva Silster, who was on a four-race uh, win streak prior, she should be back in action as well. Now, Gabe, talk to us a little bit about your racing schedule change. Um, obviously, this is something new coming up this week. It's not new in general, but um, it, it's uh, you guys are adding a day, if I'm correct, correct? We are ratting Wednesday, so uh, we're going to uh, go, uh, you know, with a pretty consistent schedule, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, four nights uh, a week. We had Saturday night uh, racing on uh, December the 10th, so we're just a few weeks away from that uh, now, and we'll continue on a five-night-per-week schedule. I believe it's through uh, mid-March, so um, really a lot of action, uh, you know, and if you're a regular player, it's a nice circuit to follow. You know, once you get to know the uh, horse population, of course, uh, not a lot of people shipping in and out once we get to a particular point in the season. So if you follow the horses pretty closely, you can gauge class and uh, whatnot from week to week and uh, really get a good feel. Now you've got some two-year-old Florida bred races coming up there off the card on November the 20th. And of course you've got, you've got a field of two to start it off, but or, uh, Mike, I almost called you Mike there. Jeez, at least you can tell what my brain is. <laughs> Gabe, uh, let's talk a little bit about race number three. It's a field of five, and there's some, you know, there's some decent names down here. Wally Hennessy, Fern Paquette, uh, John McDonald, just to name a few. But Gold Star Aurora has won five of six uh, in 2016 at the mark of 57 and three. Do you expect uh, Gold Star Aurora to be uh, probably one of the better Florida breads down there right now? 
Well, there's no question. You know, there are two that uh, that actually stand out, though. Of course, Prairie Sweetheart that uh, we've talked at length about at this point. Uh, the other uh, three-year-old trotting filly that maybe flies a bit under the radar, Mike, is uh, Gold Star Brianna, and she is back in action on the regular part on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, it's actually almost a preview-type event for Florida Breads, uh, again, before that uh, Super Night uh, on November the 27th. And it's um, the only way we could fill the race, unfortunately, was to um, – combined three-year-old uh, Phillies and three-year-old Colts. So Gold Star Brianna's 14 for 14. You know, she's going to put that undefeated streak on the uh, line, not only against the Florida Bread Phillies this week, but the Florida Bread uh, Colts. So that should be a uh, cool event, uh, and, and it's very nice to see her keep that uh, streak intact as well. Now, Gabe, we've talked a lot about, you know, th- you know races coming up. Uh, Promotional-wise, uh, is there anything coming up anytime soon that uh, we need to watch out for? Maybe racing fans could uh, swing down to Pompano to get? Well, again, you know, our Super Night will have a T-shirt uh, giveaway. Uh, that's going to be a big night. Uh, you know, we'll do some uh, great things over the winter. We're about to increase the uh, pick four guarantees getting uh, December 1st. So those are going to be uh, up uh, right now, $5,000 uh, nightly. But uh, we would expect to go to hopefully at least $10,000 nightly uh, once we head into uh, December and throughout the winter months. Uh, well, of course, we have Olive Capri Night, which will be coming up uh, early in the um, – calendar next year late february uh, so we're looking forward to that uh, once again we had a great night uh, mike last year we had the dan patch awards in town uh the night after we actually had all the big races on a uh, saturday night and the dan patch awards were that sunday so it was just a cool event uh, a lot of people from the usda and throughout the industry came out we had a great on-track crowd uh, the on-track handle was good it was just a great atmosphere we had some uh, nice horses as well so um we're hoping that those events uh, fill uh, and uh, as it gets colder up uh, north, hopefully uh, more people will be attracted to uh, head south. Well, Gabe, I got to tell you, it's always fun uh, chit-chatting back and forth with you. Listen, though, we can't we can't give any hints away, but you need to listen to the show for the next I want to say about twenty minutes or so. I'm not giving you any hints here, but we've got two or two or three more categories to go over, and, and you might have an interest in one of them. So uh, just you know. Just a heads up, so you may want to take a listen to uh, listen to the show. I'll be the next, I'll uh, be dialed right in, guys, and uh, <laughs> I always enjoy the uh, awards. I think it's a great thing you guys do, and uh, I think there's a lot of interest in it as well. So uh, kudos for that, and uh, I will be dialed right in. And by the way, uh, not to interrupt you, Mike, but uh, for, uh, just a public service announcement for those of you on Gabe Pruitt's Facebook page, no more political talk. The election is over. You will be unfriended immediately. So, uh, Gabe, I figured I'd just let that out there in, uh, for a public service announcement in case nobody knows. Hey, I've given, a few, uh, I've given a few hall passes on that already. I still see some election stuff <laughs> popping up, but I haven't deleted anyone just yet. It's uh, – Hopefully, as things are starting to simmer down, uh, you know, the fun's over, though, Mike. I I used to watch CNN or or the news, any news station, uh, quite frequently. Um, I'm sure there's still lots of action going on, but uh, the game's over, I feel like, so it's not as fun. Well, you know, Gabe, I just uh, was listening on the radio on the way back uh, from work today that the Hallmark Channel is now vaulted ahead of MSNBC in the uh, ratings. So, take that for what it's worth. (laughs) Yeah, I am – this day and age, I mean, uh, most of these news networks, they, they have their own uh, particular slant. So I'm not sure that uh, that serves them well. I miss the days uh, where we didn't have to hear uh, three people on each side just arguing back and forth. I actually like to uh, hear news instead of uh, opinion. <laughs> Mike, wrap it up. Let's get to work. 
<laughs> All right, Gabe. Well, we certainly appreciate you taking time out again. And uh, listen, we'll be back next week. Listen, bring some material with you next week. Will you? No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally All right, kidding. guys. Hey, we'll do it. Hey, we've got a couple of carryovers as well. I don't want people to forget. We've got a uh, ten of sacks to carryover race for Sunday night, 2200 and change. And the, uh, it was a lonely week, guys, for the Jackpot I-5 because on uh, Sunday night we had a single winner. They took down the Jackpot I-5 for $12,000. And then the next night, no one had it, so we had uh, no winners, so the entire pool carried over. Uh, it was about 2500 or so uh, after that night, uh, so it continues to climb back up once again. I believe it's about uh, 5600 or so heading into a Sunday night. So plenty of great wager reaction uh, here at Pompadour. All right, buddy. Well, Gabe, listen, we certainly uh, appreciate you joining us, and we'll catch up with you next week. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Gabe Pruitt. And you, you know, one of the good things about Gabe, Mike, and I know he's a friend of ours, and he does great work down at Pompano Park, but he's very, very active on social media, even during the races, and he shares his picks, and he updates everybody on the, the carryovers and everything. So I, I think that's very important in our sport, Mike, and I know you do it a lot at Northfield Park, and I try to do it some as well in between some of my other duties at Harris Philadelphia, but just the interaction with the fans on social media between the races, I think, is uh, very important this day and age yeah i completely agree with you and you know he does a fantastic job promoting in uh he uses the hashtag send it in so make sure you send it in to pompano park he announced that they are upping their pick four guarantees coming up here very very soon that's right. Well, the, it's time to announce some of our uh, some more fantastic nominees. This time, it's the Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year Award. And, of course, this award was uh, named after Larry, who was uh, the winner of this last year, of course, with the great horse Freaky Feet Pete and some of his other horses he had in, the, in his uh, small but uh, obviously uh, big-time earning stable. And uh, Larry, of course, tragically passed away not too long ago. So this award named after Larry Reinheimer. And, Mike, we had five outstanding nominees. This is going to be a very interesting voting race. So let's uh, go start with number one, trainer-driver Mark Campbell, who was a Canadian-based horseman who was from Prince Edward Island. He won the Gold Cup in Saucer with Take It Back Terry in 2015 and had multiple nominations for the Small Stable Award. Mark only has 186 training starts this year but has shown his stable success by winning 58 times and has a UTRS of 430. Mike, that is a robust average. Mark Campbell. Mike? You know, Jeff Gregory is uh, – we're going to dive into this one. His wife actually um, nominated him. And, Mike, I I got tears from her email because um, apparently uh, he he dealt with some injuries and things like that. But he's a trainer driver on the New York Sire Stakes circuit. Jeff trained – Sensation Barn, excuse me, trains Sensation Barn Doll, who has been racing against uh, some of the top horses in 2016 and won the Miss Versatility on September 22nd at the Delaware Ohio County Fair. Jeff was second this year with Spice Bourbon Girl in the Kentucky Philly Security, which is one of the one of many stakes races he has participated in this season. In just two years training full time after many injuries, he has won stakes races in three different states. That is a remarkable career, Mike certainly is. Uh, when Marion Marauder came to the stable of Paula Wellwood, there was no way she could have known what uh, he would do for her stable in 2016. Paula led Marion Marauder to a triple crown season, capped by a win in the Kentucky Futurity in Lexington, Kentucky. Paula is a Canadian-based trainer from Cambridge and in 15 starts has won eight this season. Trainer Paula Wellwood of the great Marion Marauder. Mike? 
Maria Rice is a Western New York-based trainer and is a two-time post-time award nominee. Maria has 84 starts in 300, excuse me, 84, has won 84 starts in 399 starts as of the time of this writing, and Maria conditioned horses at Batavia Downs Gaming and Buffalo Raceway. One of her favorite horses is a trotter named Keystone Bernard, who she calls Bernie, who she knows who she shows sleeping on Facebook leading up to the races. She's, she has a UTRS of .364 in 2016 and has won just over $500,000 in purses. A sensational, uh, some, some sensational numbers there. And the final uh, nominee for the 2016 Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year is Jim and Joanne Looney King. They have become fan favorites and are also a two-time post-time award nominee. Joanne is the mother of Heather Vitale and is the trainer of Wakazashi Hanover, who uh, won his first of the season on Monday at Dover. And great come-from-behind fashion. And Wakazashi will be a part of that big field coming up on the pace that we're going to be talking about in just a few minutes. Uh, let's see. She led newborn Sassy to the Breeders' Crown Final at the Meadowlands in October, and she currently has just over $1 million in the bank and has won 52 times in 223 starts. That's Jim and Joanne Looney King, a fantastic small stable. That's one of my favorite awards, Micah. I'm not, uh, you know, not going to lie. It's a tremendous award for stables that may not necessarily get the recognition, uh, you know, in the other awards, but it's the Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year. Those are the five, Mark Campbell, Jeff Gregory, Paula Wellwood, Maria Rice, and Jim and Joanne Looney King. So once again, you'll be able to vote at the completion of this show. You'll have to log on to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and uh, we'll. And if you got any questions, go to our uh, Contact Us page at Post Time with Mike and Mike, and we'll be able to assist you and help you out uh, with the voting. But we still have two more categories left, Mike, and we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we actually made a little bit of a production piece for you to kind of uh, try to give you some idea of what you may want to vote for. It's the race call of the year the nominees for the 2016 race call of the year last year mike it was uh, roger houston's call at the little brown jug when wiggle jigget lost for words hit the line together it was pretty much unanimous play this year may be a little bit more wide open so we'll find out the nominees when we come back on post time with mike and mike presented by bet america the sensational Sweet Lou is standing stud at Diamond Creek Farms for a stud fee of only $7,500. As a two-year-old, Sweet Lou's scent and still holds the world record for two-year-old paces on a mile track with that sensational mark of 149. Sweet Lou currently holds the world record for aged and all-age paces on a 5-8 mile track at 147. The Great White Blaze earned his nickname in the summer of 2014 when he won 10 consecutive races with 6 consecutive wins in sub-148. He is the only pacer in harness racing history to achieve this feat. One of Sweet Lou's most thrilling victories includes a second over in the William Houghton Memorial in 147-1 in July of 2014. The first two books sold quickly for Sweet Lou is in his third year. Don't get shut out. Visit Diamond Creek Farm. The Dan Patch and O'Brien two-year-old Colt Trotter of the Year, Southwind Frank, is standing at Diamond Creek Farm for the low stud fee of only $10,000. Southwind Frank won the 2015 Breeders' Crown for two-year-old Colt Trotters. Also, many memorable wins on Southwind Frank's resume, including the Old Beal, Peter Houghton Memorial, William Wellwood Memorial, and the Colonial Trod. Southwind Frank set stakes records during his wins in the International Sire Stakes and New Jersey Sire Stakes. 
Southwind Frank finished in the top three in 24 out of 26 races during his career. For more information, visit DiamondCreekFarm.com. Standing at Hickory Lane Farm in Ohio in 2017 will be all bets off. The $2 million plus winning son of Better's Delight finished a hard closing third to always be Mickey in 146-2, pacing the fourth fastest mile in harness racing history in Mickey's world record performance. Don't get shut out. It is anticipated, based upon the early demand, that the syndication will sell out by December 1st. For more information, visit hickorylanefarm.com. And now, here are your nominations for the 2016 Post Time with Mike and Mike Race Call of the Year Award. Sam McKee is the track announcer at the Meadowlands Racetrack and the Red Mile in Kentucky. Sam called Always Be Mickey in his world record performance in the Alarage, time of 146, harness racing's fastest mile ever. In second, all bets off, racing in third. Always be Mickey is full out. Shambala trying to track him down on the outside. All bets off on the far outside. Always be Mickey pacing home strongly. Shambala second. Always be Mickey is heading down to the line. Always be Mickey in 146. World record! Joe Zambito is the announcer at Batavia Downs Gaming in New York. Joe called the great foiled again in the 2016 Kane Memorial, where he closed from off the pace to win against a solid field in the Kane. It's Parakey on top. On the outside, here comes the $7 million man. Is he going to do it bold again in the center? Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest horses of all time. Foiled again, 152-2. Barry Vickroy is the announcer at Scioto Downs, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway, and Miami Valley Gaming. Barry got to call one of the historic stretch battles between Wiggle It, Jiggle It, and Always be Mickey in the 2016 Jim Ewart Memorial. Just a strike from third. Lock be with you. They're out to turn it on their way home. Wiggle it, jiggle it. Always be Mickey into the passing lane. Here comes Luck be with you. It's always be Mickey. Wiggle it, jiggle it. What a race. Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. Shannon Sugar Doyle is the announcer at Western Fair Raceway in Ontario. Sugar called the exciting upset of Evening of Pleasure in the 2016 Molson Pace. 23 flat evening of pleasure, getting a beautiful journey here in second, Mick at is third, all bets off, is pacing out of his skin, he's trying to win it right here, eighth of a mile left to go, sun, fire, blue chip, could this be the one for Mark, outside evening of pleasure, all bets off, and Mick sun, fire, blue chip for the upset, evening of pleasure, and Sylvan at 35 to 1, in a Molson Pace Shocker 150-3 track record, that just happened. Ayers Ratliff is the announcer at Northfield Park in Ohio. Ayers got to call the 2016 Carl Milstein Memorial, where betting line dominated the field after throwing a few steps 
in around the far turn. Mr. Wiggle Pants trying to see it through. Betting line has made a short break there. Betting line made a bobble there. Three wide is Pure Country from the back. Magnum J in there next is Centro to the top of the stretch. Mr. Wiggle Pants the inside. Outside betting line. They're into the stretch in the Carl Milstein Memorial. And betting line has taken the lead. Betting line has drawn clear here. 151 photo for place. James Witherite is the announcer at Vernon and Tioga Downs in central New York. He posted a video on Facebook of him calling the closing race of the 2016 meet at Vernon Downs, and it was nominated by several of the Harness Racing fans. Three quarters, 126 and two, down to one final furlong. ER Rondo's driven out, having turned aside Ideal Delight. Shelby Luce trying to rally up the pegs, try and keep up driven to stay on. Miss Casey Mack there too, up to the line. ER Rondo full out up to the line, try and keep up bunching. ER Rondo proves victorious in the last. By a half to three quarters, we'll try and keep up and Miss Casey Mack in a place photo. Well, Mike Bozich, that is a star-studded category, and I got to tell you, listen, you know, Sam McKee's 146 call was fantastic. Could we have another Roger Houston breakaway this year, or uh, do do a couple of the others probably possibly uh, have a shot here? Man, I don't think so, Mike. Honestly, I don't think so. Those are six heavy-duty, professional, awesome race calls and uh i had a chance to put together that piece and i'm going to tell you what it, it could be a six horse dead heat all of them uh fine callers uh just done, done a heck of a job i mean shined right there in the moment and uh i'll tell you what it's going to be a fantastic fantastic i think it's going to be a close finish mike i think it's going to be a close finish initially of course you know with the moment sam mckee belted out you know the 146 but uh, i'll tell you after listening to it mike i think it's going to be a dead heat well i don't know we might have to get six trophies mike yeah that's right well listen we've got one more to go and it's the upset of the year and then voting will open mike i gotta tell you this is the most exciting time of the year for us anyway we're coming up on our one year anniversary show uh, we did this award show at the very end of the year um last year and uh, we decided to move it up a couple of weeks, but I got to tell you, this, this is an exciting time for us. Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, we're going to go around the horn real quick. We got a very special guest going to join us uh, for a couple of minutes uh, of it anyway, and then we'll uh, go to our upset of the year. That's our final category. We'll announce the nominees, and uh, I'll tell you what: some great upsets. We had a big upset uh, yesterday at the Harris Philadelphia, a 45 to one shot driven by trainer Ray Baines come up the inside to uh, pull off a big upset. But uh, first of all, let's uh, talk a little bit, Mike, we're going to go around the horn and actually let's uh, cue us in real quick. Around the horn is the easiest way, the better way. And that is how we will go. Anything more? Are you frightened to go around the horn, Mr. Christian? Are you a coward too, sir? Baby, where the action is. 
Mike Carter, Rosecroft, a place that you've called races at, a place that I have called races at, is alive and well. Coming up on Tuesday, it'll be the $100,000 Potomac Pace, a fantastic field of heavy-hitting paces. We'll be doing battle there. And, Mike, I have to tell you, I know you had a chance to talk to Pete Metters. We talked to Mike Klug earlier in the day, a great longtime Maryland racing fan, and this race has to be the most anticipated race, maybe not even only at Rosecroft, but in the state of Maryland in that area that has come that way in a long, long time. And Mike is uh, so flattered by the race that obviously he must have passed out or something from the excitement. But that is coming up on Tuesday. And plus, we're going to take a look at the action from Woodbine. They have great action uh, coming up at uh, Woodbine as well with the Governor's Cup and all the two-year-olds going into action. But right now, we're going to bring uh, a guy that's got a stake in the race, uh, a guy that's his horse coming off a big victory on Monday at Dover, my friend Robert Cooper. Robert, welcome into the show, my friend. How you doing, guys? Fantastic. We certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, first of all, before we get, before we talk a little bit about Mel Marin, before we talk about his chances and uh, what is uh, just going to be a great field and obviously a great opportunity for Rosecroft Raceway, first time they're going to be in the spotlight in a long, long time. Uh, tell us about the decision uh, to go into that race and uh, how did you get in there? Did Pete Hanley call you? Yeah. Um... Pete called us a few weeks, maybe even three weeks ago. Uh, they were they're trying to make a big comeback for Roscroft, and um, this is uh, something that uh, he planned. And Roscroft, uh, they're trying their best to bring back Roscroft uh, to the racing, you know, to the Grand Circuit racing. Yeah, they certainly are. And this is the first annual Potomac Pace going for a purse of $100,000. And, uh, Robert, let's dive into this race. Actually, before we dive into that race, let's talk a little bit about the past couple of races for Mel Merritt at uh, Dover Downs. He won two straight. Uh, last race, he had to hold off uh, Dancing Yankee, trying to come up the inside, but was able to get the job done. Foiled again was in that particular race as well. And it was a special race, besides the fact that Mel Merritt was able to get the victory. But uh, our good friend, the captain, Corey Callahan, was able to get his fifth five thousandth driving win aboard Melmera. That had to be special, huh? Yeah, it's it's really interesting because um two weeks or a week maybe even a week and a half before that I told Corey, I said, wouldn't it be fun or interesting if you uh won got your five thousand career win with Mel and he says, No, no, I'm pretty sure I'll hit get it before that but uh you know the sport, nothing's definite. And then all night he was trying to, uh, last Tuesday night he was trying to get his his 5,000 on a lot of different favorites and uh, just things went wrong. Even uh, one of my horses, Arcanov, he lost by nose to Wazakashi. And uh, it just worked out. He, he, he landed with Mel Merrill with, with number 5,000. Yeah, I thought that was actually a good story. I was there at Dover, and, and I saw Ark Hanover coming into the stretch, and I knew Wakazashi Hanover was flying, and, and I was thinking to myself, wow, is Corey going to get 5000 right here? And not that I was rooting against Corey, but there was just I, – I, I, 
think that it would add a lot to the 5,000 if, if uh, it was behind Mel Mara, and that's exactly what happened. But here you've got a horse, uh, uh, Robert Cooper, joining us in the Robert Cooper Stables. Uh, two straight wins after a series of thirds. You've been battling against the, 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 the very best. I mean, wiggle it and always be Mickey pretty much the entire year. And it seems like your horse is starting to find another gear. I mean, when he gets to Dover, good grief. Back-to-back sub-50 miles. You draw the post position uh, number one here at Rosecroft against another stellar field, although there's no Mickey and no uh, Wiggle at Jiggle, but I'll tell you what, there's some heavy hitters in here, my friend. Yeah, I agree. I just, it's more, it's a much more competitive race. Uh, the two superstars, Wiggle it and Mickey are out of it, but at least it comes down to a much more competitive field. I don't think anybody can say anybody's a definite winner, but um, post position is a, is a plate is a major factor in, uh, Mel's pretty sharp right now. Um, you know, it's the end of the year. I'm so he's surprisingly sharp for uh, this time of year. And uh, you know, I have to believe some of the other horses are tired from the from the weekend to weekend. You know, these going these fast miles throughout the whole year, week to week. So, you know, I hope the best horse wins, and I just hope it's a competitive race. Yeah, you've got all these great drivers coming up uh, as, as descending on Rosecroft. You've got Corey Callahan, Scott Ciron will be driving Shambhala, who's uh, right next to you. Uh, you've got, uh, boy, Matt Kikaley, the Hall of Famer. Dave Miller has got his choice of a couple. Tim Tietrick, it's going to be uh, unbelievable. All these drivers ascending on Rosecroft uh, for the first time in, in, gosh, knows how long, maybe even ever, uh, especially for uh, some of the younger guys. But, you know, Rosecroft is obviously a 5'8", for those of you that don't know, the same size as Harris Philly, same size as Pocono, same size as Dover. One of the things I've noticed from calling races at Rosecroft is that it has uh, a pretty big bank, probably uh, certainly a lot bigger bank than I would say Dover or Harris Philly or Pocono has, but it's a very fast racetrack. I think the, uh, I think post position number one is uh, certainly uh, good for you. I mean, there's uh, certainly some speed in here. And uh, Rosecroft, I'll tell you what, Robert, they can get around it. Have you had a chance to look in this look at this race? Have you kind of decided, uh, in your mind anyway, how you want this thing to go, how you want the trip to set up? Well, listen, Corey, uh, he grew up on that track. He said he started at Rosecroft, and he's a Maryland resident, and he knows yep. that track well. I don't know if they've changed it since he's raced there uh, many, many years ago. But, um, you know, it's, it's a fast track, and uh, speed holds up. Uh, I don't even know uh, how the weather is going to be next week, but um, um, I'd have to say Mel's going to be pretty sitting pretty close up at some point. And um, last week he cut a 25 and a piece quarter, and uh, he was still game to the wire, and that was being uh, off two weeks. So you know you got to leave it to Corey. He uh, he knows Mel. He knows the track. He's passed 5,000 wins, so I think we're in good hands. Robert, one last question before we let you go. What's uh, and I, I guess maybe the results of this race kind of uh, maybe dependent on your answer to this next question. What's uh, down the road for Melmere? Obviously, we're approaching the uh, winter months and it's going to start getting uh, cold outside. What are the uh, the uh, I guess you could say the short range plans? The next couple of months, maybe for Melmere. Now, this this is going to be Mel's last race of the year. Um, he is moving headquarters to North Carolina for a little R and R. And uh, if everything is good next year and he comes back as good as he, as he has this year, uh, would, he's definitely going to be staked to the uh, to the big races, and that way uh, I won't have to supplement like we did this year to to get him in. And um, 
we'll see who the competition is next year. A lot of horses are dropping out of the scene, and maybe some horses will be coming up into the big leagues. You know, you never know. Robert, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, certainly a big thank you to being one of the big pieces of this aged pacing division here in 2016, which was just wild and on fire with all with a lot of great pacing superstars. And uh, it's been uh, fun watching Mel Mara race uh, here in 2016, and we're looking forward to some big things in 2017, my friend. Yep, go Mel in 17, and good luck, everybody, in the Potomac on Tuesday night, November 22nd which happens to be my son's birthday. Oh, unbelievable. Well, you know what you have to do to get the birthday present to him. We have to cross and the I line believe, first. I do believe it's Tim Tetrick's birthday as well. All right. Well, birthdays all around. Robert, we certainly appreciate you joining all us. Right, Best guys. of luck Tuesday. Okay, take care. All right. All right. That was uh, Robert Cooper, the uh, part owner of uh, Mel Mara, who's drawing post position number one in uh, that huge race. Coming up at uh, Rosecroft. Mike, you with us? Well, Mike is uh, obviously uh, – well, Mike's doing a lot of different things. He's manning the tweet deck. He's manning Facebook. He's manning social media. So that's why I have to every once in a while ask him to make sure he's with us. But uh, the first annual Potomac Pace is coming up on Tuesday, November 22nd at Rosecroft. It's going to be lights out on fire, uh, field of eight. And if you don't know who the field is, let's recap and let's run it down for you. Now, Mara will be starting from post position number one with Corey Callahan Shambhala. We'll start from post position number two all all bets off is number three. Keystone Velocity is number four. Split the house is five. For trainer Chris Oaks and driver Dave Miller, the six is Wakazashi Hanover coming off of a huge 26-4, and 49-2 win at Dover. Outclosing Arc Hanover and Limelight Beach. Seven Delta winner and number eight market. So some heavy hitting aged paces in that particular race. And, hey, even without Wiggle It, Jiggle It, and Always Be Mickey, it's going to be a fun time. And if you're in the area, make sure you check it out. It's at Rosecroft Raceway coming up on Tuesday, the first annual Potomac Pace going for a purse of $100,000. We have one final break to take. When we come back, we'll finish our Around the Horn segment. Plus, we'll go through our nominees the 2016 Upset of the Year. We'll name our five nominees after this timeout on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Hello, this is Kayla Stra, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest-growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. Bet America covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to Bet America receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca.
Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. We're back in post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. We have one final category to go through the nominees of our 2016 upset of the year this time. And Mike, we had five outstanding uh, upsets and nominees. And this is going to be a pretty close race, I believe, when the voting is said and done as well. So here we go. The nominees for the 2016 upset of the year. First of all, throughout the 2016, the main battle was between Wiggle and Chiglet and Always Be Mickey. But in August, another horse shown that he could be dominant with a shocking victory in the U.S. Pacing Championship. Of course, that horse is the Canadian sensation Shambhala, trained by Rick Zeron. Shambhala shown that he belonged with this group by picking up the win against the improbable win against Wiggle and Chiglet and Always Be Mickey in that pacing championship. So Shambhala is the First nominee for upset of the year, Mike. Our second nominee, Mark McDonald. No, not Mark sorry. McDonald. That's not the upset. <laughs> Go sorry. ahead, Mike. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, our second nominee. Uh, Mark McDonald has been trying for a long time to win the Molson Pace at Western Fair. 2016 looked like his year, except Sylvain Fillion, and even a pleasure at other plans. Late in the stretch, Sylvain went right by at astronomical odds to prove that he was the best that night. That's right. Even in a pleasure, one of the Molson pace. Third, I'm a crazy New Yorker. Shocked trotters in New York at Saratoga Casino, winning at odds of 102 to 1 for trainer John Hallett and driver Mark Beckwith. That was uh, in one of their uh, feature races for New York sired trotters. I'm a crazy New Yorker, winner at 102 to 1. Sounds like an upset to me, Mike. Definitely. Well, in 2016, Mike Bozich, we got to cover the Prix de Paris, where Bald Eagle attempted to become the first horse to win the French Triple Crown. He won the first two legs easily, but the final leg wasn't an easy one, as, as easy as the first two. Bald Eagle rode a first-over journey, and turning for home took the lead, but Lionel had other plans as well, springing a monumental upset in the shadow of the wire. That's right. So Lionel defeating Bald Eagle in the 2016 Prix de Paris, and Number five, upset of the year. I think this might have been what you were telling Gabe Pruitt to uh, hang in there for. The jackpot high five wager is a wager that has taken form at some racetracks in North America and uh, one of the racetracks in particular at Pompano Park where it's really taken hold. Diamonds Princess upset at 44 to 1 for uh, trainer driver Mike McAuliffe causing one patron to win just over $182,000 correctly uh, having the loan ticket for that high five. So Diamonds Princess, 
upset at 44 to 1, made somebody really happy collecting $182,000. And, Mike, that's what I call an upset. So five tremendous options to choose from the 2016 upset of the year. Once again, Shambhala in the U.S. Pacing Championship, even of pleasure in the Molson Pace. I'm a crazy New Yorker at 102 to 1. Odds at Saratoga. Lionel defeating Bold Eagle in the 2016 Pre de Paris. And Diamonds Princess upsetting at 44 to 1 at Pompano Park, springing that huge $182,000 payoff in the Jackpot High Five. Well, those are our nominees, Mike. And uh, why don't you give everybody some direction on uh, where they can go vote? Listen, voting is open right now as we speak. And, uh, we have uh, we we had to sort of go a little bit of a different direction than what we were planning on going, but we're using Google Forms. The press release just went out. In fact, I'll be putting in the link on our website here momentarily um, to vote as well. You can go to posttimewithmikeandmike.com. You can go to the U.S. Trotting Association's website. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can go and vote. Uh, the link will be in every press release uh, that's out there. So it's uh, you know listen. Do your democratic duty and vote. You're not voting for Donald Trump or Hillary here. You're voting for uh, one of these uh, great, great awards to uh, to uh, to be named. What? That's right. You're ag- hey, listen. You're actually voting for uh, for a good cause here. You're not voting for the lesser of two evils. You're voting for all deserving candidates. Believe me. <laughs> right. That's right. You're right about that. But anyway, we. Uh, we got so excited. We uh, were talking to Robert Cooper, and I don't know where the time is going. It's already 824, but uh, we haven't even had a chance to complete our Around the Horn segment. There are some big races coming up at uh, Woodbine, so Mike, uh, I know you've been doing and – for the, and for those of you that may have wondered throughout the course of the show, and I tried to throw it to Mike a couple of times, he wasn't responding. Mike is doing gargantuan duty. He's manning the tweet deck. He's on Facebook. He's trying to man our website. He's doing this whole thing with the, with the voting website side and trying to get that all straightened out so mike has certainly been even though he hasn't answered me a couple of times he has certainly been the mvp of this show and the mvp of the last couple of days so uh mike i just had to give you some on-air props buddy you've been a beast over the last couple of days and and i got to give you a lot of credit getting a lot of this stuff straightened out and doing the the press release and and just doing a fantastic job so it'll make mike very happy if you vote because then his hard work will uh pay off and he will be very very happy Anyway, let's go along with the uh, – and that's all I got to say about that. Let's move along. Uh, some big races coming up, Mike, at Woodbine. The second race on Saturday, and we'll touch on these very briefly, is the Goldsmith made final for two-year-old Phillies. You've got that field of 10, and uh, the favorite that 5-2 to two morning line is uh, Princess Aurora. We've seen a bunch of these two-year-old Phillies. New battle, of course, Princess Aurora came flying, just missed Ariana G uh, in that second-place finish, a horse that Jimmy Tacto likes quite a bit. And uh, no Ariana G here, so she is going to be the favorite at five to two. I'm pulling up a program right now as we speak. So, uh, listen, well, let me give you some. Of, well, Mike, while you're doing that, let me. I just want to throw out some of the contenders, Mike. And uh, Magic Presto is kind of a, an interesting horse. This is a horse that uh, did not race very well in the Breeders' Crowny Limb. Had to uh, go to qualifiers. Went back to back at the Meadowlands. Fifty-five the qualifier. Two starts back. I think that was a pretty impressive qualifier. Uh, Brian Sears is back in the bike. I think uh, this nifty Norman trainee uh, can certainly make amends here for her poor Breeders' Crown uh, elimination race. And uh, Winter Sweet Frost is another. She's kind of a local horse that has had some success. She's a good closing third-place finish at the Matron against Fine Tune Lady. I think the return to her home court and bigger track should certainly help, Mike. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that. And uh, listen, this is a pretty stacked field, if you ask me. Another horse that I kind of like in here is Miami Drama Mike. He, the qualifier at the Meadowlands last time out uh, wasn't the fastest you know, by any means, and only one by a nose. But the horse seems to be coming back really well off some good performances in, in the International Stallion, and the Bluegrass took a couple of weeks off, and now it's coming back for trainer Ron Burke. I think Miami Drama could potentially provide a little bit of an upset. If you can get 6-1, hey, more power to you. All right, race five is the three diamonds final for two-year-old Philly Paces. And how good has some open somewhere been for uh, the Nick Cerenc stables and Irv Miller? A big upset in the Breeders' Crown, 17-1. to uh, Kind of a shock that that didn't make upset of the year. But actually, we had Nick Cerenc on the on the show a uh, week after the Breeders' Crown, and he really didn't think that was too much of an upset. And personally, I didn't either. I thought the horse was a contender through and through. She proved at the very next start in the kindergarten, winning that. A good second-place finish in the elimination, despite battling to Idyllic Beach. Them two will hook up here once again it should be a great race but uh, i'll tell you what if the trip goes the way of some woman somewhere i think she's got a big shot to complete an outstanding season yeah i think some woman somewhere has got a big big well i say wait a minute i'm looking at the wrong rate geez louise mike i'm back between program pages here one second flip to race five okay some woman somewhere some Omen Somewhere uh, draws the rail here for the Nick Cirque table. And, Mike, you, you nailed it on the head. Some Omen Somewhere really has just been a phenomenal racehorse. Uh, just missed by a neck to Idyllic Beach last time out, who draws to the outside for trainer Jim Tactor. Um, Betters Up is kind of an interesting horse, but only missed by a length and three quarters. Uh, came home a little bit slow for my liking, though. Uh, for Tim at T-Trick. But another horse, Mike, that I, I really like in this field is Caviar Alley. Trainer Noel Daly, we know we know that name uh, pretty well. I think the uh, Caviar Farms bred uh, Caviar Alley has got a shot in here. Excuse me, the Caviar the, Farms uh, own. Right, right. The two-year-old uh, Trotters will be in action, Mike, in the Valley Victory. That's race seven going for a purse of $404,000. And uh, well, I'll tell you what, there's a couple of interesting ways you can go. I mean, Snowstorm Hanover is obviously red hot, approaching $200,000 in seasonal earnings. It, like he, it looks like he is certainly hitting his stride at the right, uh, right time. Victory in the matron, an easy victory in the uh, elimination. But I do think there are some others. Dave Miller talked about what the Hill obviously will have to overcome post nine, but does have some speed to overcome it. Dave Miller certainly knows this horse. And I'll tell you what these two-year-olds, Mike, I think it's pretty important to have driver familiarity, especially with the two-year-old trotters. Jake is obviously a big player. Uh, fourth start off the qualifier. Uh, looked very good in the eliminations after a fifth place finish in the Breeders' Ground Final. What say you? Yeah, you know, it, it, this race is kind of an interesting race, if you ask me. Jake is, uh, you know, an interesting horse, definitely not facing the likes of Walner or any of the horses that he faced in the Breeders' Crown. Um, won by a length easily against the, against What the Hill last week, and that was kind of an interesting uh, interesting performance. He went off at three and a half or so to one, and I think Jake has got another big shot against this field. Moonshiner Hanover is a horse that I'm kind of interested in as well. Was fourth in the Valley Victory after being second to Walner in the Breeders' Crown. It, it's weird, Mike, that uh, trainer Chris Beaver, uh, that this horse did not perform better last week. So if you're looking for a little bit of upset, Moonshiner Hanover could definitely be it as well. 
The governor's the last race we'll talk about, uh, Mike Race 9 for uh, two-year-old paces. And once again, it looks like the big rematch between Huntsville and down by the seaside. Huntsville has gone on a big winning streak coming off that big Breeders' Crown win. It was very impressive, 149 and 180 cents on the dollar, meeting with his old nemesis here down by the seaside, uh, who had the second-place finish to him uh, against uh, Huntsville in the Breeders' Crown final, coming off of a 56-1 and qualifier at the Dayton's 1-7 of 12 and uh, really does it look like there's anything but those two horses in this one no not really I think down by the seaside is probably going to be the better of the two if you ask me with second to Huntsville in the Breeders Crown but wasn't a bad effort didn't get the best trip was part to the opening quarter and that is what made that race a little bit interesting so I hope that down by the seaside will get a little bit better of a trip this week Mike, it has been a whirlwind show, and our nominations are complete. Uh, they're announced, and they're all out there for your bloating, uh, for your voting pleasure. Our big award show is coming up on December 8th, and Mike, uh, we're going to uh, have this breaking news. Uh, we're going to go on a half hour later for the award show. Am I right? So it will be 7.30 on December 8th? Yes. Yep. All right, 7.30 on December 8th. So make sure you check it out. Plus we're going to uh, have shows right up uh, until Thursday and uh, Thanksgiving next uh, week is Thanksgiving and we will be on the air live for Thanksgiving, right? Yes, we are. We're going to be on the air live. We will have a special Thanksgiving show next Thursday with a first post of seven o'clock. So it's going to be a, now now let me ask you this. Are we going to eat on the air? Sure. Why not? Uh, why not? Yeah, we're gonna have the turkey, mashed potatoes, all the all the fixings. Actually, I've had tacos the last couple of years on Thanksgiving, so um, you know that's usually a good. Yeah, yeah, good. My, my Listen, wife makes fantastic re- tacos. Real, re- real quick, but uh, one second, let's see here. Real quick, uh, what do you I, got? What do you got? I have, I have, I have the awards like the voting page. It, it's just it's, it's updating on its own. And Mike, I gotta tell you. We already have 12 responses in. Um, wow, and we just opened it up. You opened it up like mere seconds ago. Right, exactly. So we, we've uh, got – we've literally already started getting um, – we've already started getting uh, responses. So keep those responses coming in. We're really, really excited about having uh, having all of the responses from you guys. And, uh, you know, listen, just keep them coming. That's, that's all and by the way, and, and by the way, for, for, for those of you, we do have a third party that goes through these. So if you vote more than once, we know it. So don't yes, even, don't even, love, bother. We'll don't, don't even bother. Don't even bother. Don't even bother. <laughs> it's yeah, a waste it, listen, of the I gotta, time. I, I, I got to tell you, if you try to vote more than once, we kicked out, I think we got over 3,000. 3, nomination or not nominations votes last year and it kicked about maybe a quarter of them so please if you're you know we would just ask that you don't vote twice uh we send all of this stuff out ahead of time and we won't know who the winners are until five minutes before the show Right, right. So uh, once again, we certainly appreciate everybody that have sent nominations in. We certainly appreciate you taking time and voting. Like I said, one vote for person, please. If you don't, it's a waste of it's a waste of both of our times actually, because then we have to kind of go through it and then they kick it out and then you know it's going to get kicked out anyway. So one vote for person, please. And uh, it's right there and post with MikeandMike.com. We certainly appreciate everybody joining us. And real quick, Mike, before we let you go, by the way, and for those of you that didn't catch Robert Cooper's interview, uh, the owner of Melmera, this. Uh, uh, kind of breaking news, Mike. This is Melmero's last race of the year, so um, probably not a surprise to a whole lot of people. But I think uh, that's probably exclusive with us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, wouldn't you think? 
I would say so. All right. Well, vote away and uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and log on to uh, our website, Post Time with Mike and Mike to vote. On behalf of everybody here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, it is Mike Bozich. We'll talk at you next Thursday for the first post of 7 o'clock. Good night, everybody.